Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's My Line. This is episode 57. I'm your host, Chris Lemchi, as always. And I hope you guys are having a good day, whether it be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day of the week you're listening to, I hope it's a good one. Um, gosh, <laughs> I'm uh, pretty excited because actually I get to get a chance to finally get on a plane and head home uh, to Texas this week. This is my first time going back to Texas in over in almost two years. It's insane because anybody who knows me, I love to travel. So especially during this pandemic, me not being able to travel has been like, eh, it's been a nightmare. <laughs> but hey, I'm excited. I finally get to go home, see my friends. Uh, one of my it's one of my friends' weddings, so I can't wait to see and celebrate with them. And yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. But I'm also excited about this guest I have on today. I think you guys are gonna love her. She is an actress, a comedian former wrestler, just, she does it all. Uh, without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest at this time. Anna, Anya Zova, Anna Bagamazova, is that how you say say your name? Oh my gosh, you said it correctly, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you, you did it on the first round, thank you. But I, people mispronounce my, my name all the time, and it's so, it's so easy, to, I don't know how they do it, but like Chris Lemchi, but people make up syllables, they add, they add extra letters into it. So I always feel like I need to make sure I get everybody else's name right because, I mean, come on, it's their name. You have to get that right. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. So I have two names, Anna Bogomazova and Anya Zova for stage. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. So you're a Russian-American, you're an actress, comedian, an acting coach, uh, also a former pro wrestler. You've like pretty much just done it all. And such a like a short amount of time, or it's it's pretty crazy. Like, uh, let let's just start from the beginning. So, you grew up in Russia. I did. I grew up in Russia, born and raised. I moved to the states when I was twenty-one. Now I'm thirty-one, so ten years ago. Oh wow, wow. Yeah, moved here. Moved to Miami. Um, got a job offer from WWE. Well, I was doing. Let me take it back. In Russia, I was doing kickboxing professionally. Like I was in national teams. Like I was professional athlete. So once I moved to the United States, like I was kind of, what should I do? Because in kickboxing, I kind of done everything I wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was like, what kind of transition should I go to boxing? Because boxing is an Olympic game now, like women, female boxing. Mm -hmm. Should I go to MMA? Uh, because in, even if it's Olympic sports, you cannot still make money in it. You know, like you have to go pro. Or should I do MMA? But I'm very bad at grappling. I'm bad at wrestling. So I was like confused, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was uh, approached by WWE and uh, I was like, okay, let me, I've never been a fan, but like I watched a couple of episodes, like I knew who The Rock is, you know, like Hulk Hogan, like those big names. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'll come for tryout and tryout was in Tampa. Okay. And well, I had one week to watch like a bunch of episodes and I was like, okay, that might be fun, you know? And I went to Tampa, did a tryout man it was so hard on my body i'm like oh my gosh this is real like all those falls the first bump i yeah. took i'm oh my god everything hurts like you know mm -hmm. like you have to fall for real um i was body slammed on my first day at tray out i'm like okay this everything was hurting i'm like damn i, I had so much respect i remember the day i'm like damn i have so much respect for wrestlers because it's painful like yeah. very painful um, yeah, I did like my week of tray out, uh, went back to Miami and then they got a phone call that I'm in. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm in. I'm moving to Tampa. <laughs> so like when they, like who called you from WWE and they were, were they just looking like, did they find some like one of your old kickboxing videos? Like, how did they, 
do you know how they found you? Well, I had my website, I had my kickboxing website, and then I had an attorney who was doing, because I got a green card as a person with extraordinary abilities. So my attorney is that well, she's a paralegal. And she suggested me, she was like, look at WWE, uh, they're doing like a diva search. I'm like, what is WWE? And she like reminded me. So I went to their website and I did like submission button. Okay. Like, okay. you know, like you can, so back then I did a submission and I sent them a link to my website and they reached out to me like, I don't remember, but it was very quickly. I didn't even expect to be honest with you. I was like, I was just trying because I was submitting my websites like to MMA managements, to kickboxing management teams, to boxing. Like I was just like out there trying to figure out what to do with my career, you know, and like WWE happened to be one of them. And uh, thanks to her, you know, thanks to my paralegal who was helping me with the docs. Nice, nice. How did you, how did you even get into kickboxing? How long did you, how long were you doing it before you came to the States? Uh, kickboxing, I started when I was 14. Um, my father too, like I was, I was doing gymnastics for a while, but I'm very tall. <laughs> like I've never, I loved it a lot, but like I never, I'm six foot one. Like it's a way too tall for gymnastics, you know, yeah. like it's just my body. For that. <laughs> it's, you know, you cannot, I mean, I'm sure you can be a box, basketball player if you're five, six, but still like, you know, your body's just not made for, for that. Um, and when I was 11, I quit. I did a little bit of tennis. I was very, very bad at it. I was very lazy. I couldn't figure it out. And then back then in Russia, it still was not a hundred percent safe. You know, like you live in a neighborhood where people sell drugs and you like every week, every day, something happens. And it's not like here, like kids take their children to school. I mean, some do, but most of the time, like, like I was on my own since I was like six, seven, you know, like you just go to school and with a bunch of neighbors, neighbor, neighbor kids, and you just figure it out. So and my father was like, well, for self-defense, maybe you should do boxing. I'm like, well, that sounds fun. Like I've been a fan of this movie, uh, Angels, Charlie, Charlie's Angels. There's Angels now? Yeah, I loved it. I'm like, oh, that's badass. I want to do it, you know? <laughs> um, and I remember I went to the boxing, kickboxing gym. He took me there. I was like the only girl in the gym. I'm like, okay. And I was very flexible still from gymnastics. So that was kind of an advantage too. Um, like I, I could do like all high kicks. Um, yeah, and I started doing it, and my first competition, I won, and they took me right away to, like, nationals, and nationals, I lost, like, it was, I was such, a, I was so ashamed, like, I lost it, and I was, like, after that, I was, like, I'm gonna take it very seriously, like, I don't want to lose ever again, and I started training twice a day, um, nonstop, and, yeah, I was 14 when I started, it. yeah. Well, so you actually, so you really needed that loss, if without that loss, that loss that sparked the fire in you. True. Yeah. Sometimes you have to lose, I guess, just to like, you know, like my ego was hurt. I'm like, there's no way I'm losing again. I don't like this feeling. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So you're doing kickboxing and you use that to kind of transition into, like you said, WWE. Did you, around that time, was that, was that NXT where you signed to or is that still FCW? It was, it was, no, FCW. It was the last, when I got signed, it was NXT. NXT just started. This just started doing Orlando videotaping and all that stuff, but my tray out was at FCW. Okay. So I did my tray out at FCW, but when I was signing the contract, it was already NXT. Gotcha, gotcha. So kind of walk me through your first couple of days. Like in, in like I'm assuming if it was NXT, so Performance Center was around that time, right? Like, what was it like walking into that like locker room area? Yeah, but um, 
Well, when I started, they kind of tried to really, and they did a very good job because if you look now at the female division at the Divas, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. like all days, it's, the girls are just fantastic. So when I got signed the same week was Ashley Flair, Rick Flair's daughter was signed, Charlotte, uh, Sasha Banks, Mercedes, um, and uh, Tanil, the Australian girl. So we got signed the same week. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, like we all started together. And then they brought in the female coach, Sarah, like she was wrestling in Japan for many years. So we kind of like, we had a, such a good team mm-hmm. um, and we all like lived in the same rental community. So it was kind of fun, you know, but it's a lot of work. Like you walk in, you in the morning, you have like 8 a.m. You have to be at the wrestling gym for wrestling practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like from eight till 11, 11, 30, 12. Then you go home, you have lunch and like 3 p.m. You have to be at the workout gym, like for weights, you know? So you lift weights in the evenings. Then at the evening, you have to like figure out your promise because I guess Wednesday, Wednesdays we had like a taping class, like acting class, basically. Mm-hmm. Not really acting, but kind of acting where Dusty Rhodes was in charge. I love that man, God bless his soul. He, he oh. passed away, but he's amazing. Like he was in charge of, um, um, promo days. So on promo day, basically, you stay in front of the camera. All the wrestlers sit behind you in the spotlight, and you have to give deliver one minute promo, basically talking about your opponent and talking shit about them. I'm like, oh my gosh, you can talk shit about other wrestlers and not get in trouble for that. <laughs> you know, like you had to like come up with your all you can do is skip together. Like sometimes we would do like a skit, like two wrestlers together. And basically you pitch it and then the promoters and the main office in Connecticut, they watch it and give them ideas how they want to present you on TV. But it could take years. I've seen guys in developmental for two years before they make it on big screen, you know? Yeah. Um, well, then they started doing tapings in Orlando for NXT, so that kind of helped the transition. And some people, like some guys in a couple of months ago on the road, so it really depends. But that promo class, it was amazing because you basically it gives you freedom to do whatever you want to do it gives you experience in front of the camera and you write your own stuff um and everybody watching you so it's like a lot of pressure at the same time but that's where i fall in love with acting i was like, oh my god this is so much fun you know um and the rest of the days you work out five days a week uh you do local shows um thursday friday saturday so at the evening you every all the wrestlers drive together in their cars and we did like all those Florida Florida shows, like Orlando, Tampa, St. Pete, like all those little towns in between. But then it's like, if you work the show on Thursday night, you go around 2 a.m. in the morning and 8 a.m. next day, you have to be at the, at the practice again. So that's very, it was very difficult for the body. I'm like, wow, one day I fall asleep standing because you have like, when you go to the gym, like it's, we take turns to jump in the ring. So like two wrestlers in the ring and the rest are waiting, standing by the ring. So I remember I was standing and I fall asleep standing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and as a wrestler, a former professional football player, uh, Brandon Carter, he used to play for Texas Tech. He's a huge guy with tattoos all over his body from head to toe. And he's like, he's like touching my shoulder. He's like, Anya, Anya, wake up. And I was like, oh my gosh, I fall asleep standing. Like this is a, like, you get so tired, yeah. it's incredible. And I always like felt the pressures that I, want, I needed to lose weight. And uh, Ashley Flair, Charlotte, Charlotte, we were hanging out a lot. And she's an athlete, like this girl can work out 10 hours a day. 
Like she would wake me up at 6.30 in the morning before the wrestling practice. And she's like, girl, we're going to do cardio together. I'm like, you're crazy. Let me sleep. She's like, no, we're going to get in shape together. And like, we would go for a run at 6.37 a.m., shower, and then go to the wrestling practice. Um, yeah, it was good times, but man, I do, like I said, I have a lot of respect for professional wrestlers because it's incredible amount of work ethics and work effort, you know, you have to mm-hmm. put, put it in that. Yeah, I have, I've, again, like I've, I've been a wrestling fan for like my entire life. I've even once, I did it for like six months. I trained to be a wrestler and like, it was again, falling, taking bums, falling your back. Like my first day was literally this coach, uh, Tim Brooks. Okay, we, I want you to take bumps. We're going to take 50 bumps, get your back used to it. And I was like, day one, I was like, oh, <gasps> like it's breathing hard. Like, oh my God. So I have the most upper, utmost respect for anybody who gets in the ring and decides to do that for a career. So I always appreciate any aspect, any wrestler who's, who's doing, out there doing their thing. Now you talked, you talked about doing promo classes. Do you remember your first promo? Oh my gosh. I, I don't, to be honest. I, at some point I came up with a character well, Dusty Rhodes, he always called me like my Russian queen, and he was very inappropriate, but I never, I never got offended. Like he would always, and I remember one day I came up to the promo class, like in a fur jacket, like very Russian, you know, like I had my fur all over me, and he's like, oh, my, my Russian sexy queen, and like, and like the wrestlers, he's like, how oh, he's not in trouble for saying all that stuff, you know, but I always was emphasizing there being Russian. Um, I don't remember my first promise and they never, I mean, they never released those tapes. I remember one time somebody hacked their system and they leaked into YouTube a bunch of promos. Um, I don't know about there, but I remember at some point it was like a huge scandal because most of our promos were like on YouTube. Not all of them, but a couple of them were there. Um, yeah, it's just one minute. And uh, sometimes like you go on off each other, like we can say like, I know if Ashley Flair is going to talk shit about me, I'm like, girl, do you mind if I'm going to talk shit about you? So we just like, you know, we pitch each other. Okay, let's let's do promo like you do it against me and I talk bad about you. So you kind of like figured out among each other. Yeah, but yeah, that's how it usually happens. Okay. okay. Do you, um, so you work, you see you work, you're working matches like you know, the local shows. Do you have a, do you have a favorite memory from those shows at all or, or a favorite match? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think my best match was uh, my third one with Ashley Flair because um, it was very easy to connect with her and she's an athlete. So, because sometimes in WWE, I'm Russian, okay? So like you have to do like all those fake punches. And at some point the girls are complaining that I would pull the hair too hard or I would like grab them too hard. I'm like, damn girl, it's wrestling, you know, it still has to be real so but Ashley she's like girl you can punch me you can grab me you can do whatever you want to do with me you know and like we were kind of like and she's tall too she's like 5'10 so it was very easy and fun to wrestle her because she was the only one who was able to pick me up and like throw me you know yeah and body slam me so I think that my my favorite match was with Ashley in Tampa in a local facility because every Friday I don't remember Thursday Friday they were doing like local shows at FCW or facilities so we were doing that yeah, because it's always was fun to wrestle her because she's very athletic and like she's a girl i don't care punch me kick me do whatever you want to do like you know just yeah. be real like let, 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 let's keep it real so yeah, it was fun yeah nice nice yeah and pro- like, again props to props to charlotte because she's done incredible incredible things obviously main event at wrestlemania having fantastic matches with uh 
shot with Sasha, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, like prop, props to her. So it's fun hearing your stories about her. Oh yeah, that girl, she's amazing. She's in it like an athlete. Her and Sasha are my two favorites, you know, like Sasha's an incredibly hardworking woman. I mean, I think she does on the ring. I'm like, girl, like it's like, like professional gymnastics, you know, like she jumps off the rope, she does the backflips and like, wow, that's, and that's dangerous too, what she does, but yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. And again, too, with, with Sasha and Charlie, you can both tell like they're, they're, I don't think they're just going to be big wrestling stars. I think, especially with Sasha, who just did, you know, Mandalorian. I think those two have the the ability to like become like the next, like a female rock or like a female John Cena at this point, like move into, move into, you know, mainstream media. Right. Yeah, but speaking of, speaking of moving into mainstream media, so you said your promo classes got you that acting bug. Were you, obviously, you know, taking lessons from Dusty, what, like, how did you transition from the wrestling world into the acting world? Very good question again. <laughs> I'm just bold, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How did I, did I transition? Okay, so I got injured um, after like a year being with WWE, I broke my arm. Um, had a surgery, like they put, well, I'm wearing long sleeve, but like I have a scar from like elbow to my shoulder. So I had a surgery and after like a month um, of recovery, I got a phone call from the main office, like, sorry, we, get, we have to let you go. I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Like I'm still in recovery and like, sorry, you can try again later. I'm like, okay, it is what it is. You know, it was very hard. Like I took it very seriously. You know, I'm like, I've, I've never been fired before. Like, you know, it was my first time, like, literally fire me. I'm like, okay. And they're like super nice about it. I'm like, oh, like, it's a good thing, you know? I'm like, okay, I guess I have to figure it out now. So I moved back to Miami and uh, my arm was still bothering me because it was like a huge plate, you know? And like, you can even feel the plate like around the elbow because the skin was very thin, you know? So after a year, I requested second surgery. So they took the plate out. So now I'm fully recovered. Like, you know, it's been years now, but my bone is good and while i was in miami i moved back and i'm like okay i have to i love acting i cannot go back to boxing i'm still in recovery i cannot do kickboxing i cannot do anything physical right like that's it like i have to pay attention to my body and really heal like this is the time to heal my body but i have to do something else and i had this urge to do something like creatively and i found uh, acting school in miami miami acting studio with ralph kinnard he's a producer director and coach and I started taking his classes and um, I got somehow lucky. Like I had an um, agent at the time. I still has her for like sports stuff. She only does like professional athletes. And she called me, she's like, listen, I have a uh, audition for McDonald's. I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'll go. She's like, they want professional wrestler or boxer. I'm like, okay, I'll go in my professional wrestling outfit. And um, I'm like, I cannot do anything physical, but she's like, no, no, you don't have to. It's just like for the look, you know? I'm like, okay, so I did the audition as a wrestler and they asked me if I can do boxing. I'm like, I can throw a couple of punches, but without hitting, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, no worries, just like throw it in the air. So I booked the part and that was with uh, LeBron James. It was, a, it was like a big thing. And I was like, okay, I didn't realize how big it is. So basically <laughs> um, I got that part, you can see me like for a few seconds in commercial, but it made me qualify to become SAG actor. Uh, and I was like, I didn't, at that moment, I, I knew nothing about acting. I knew nothing about SAG. It was like, I'm like, I'm qualified. Okay, I'll join, you know? Yeah. Uh, and back then, like, the fee was very little. Like, now you have to pay thousands 
Yeah, three like, three thousand for something for like that for SAG, which is that's insane. <laughs> I know, right? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and back then it was like a hundred bucks or something. It was like very affordable. Mm-hmm. Last time in Florida, so I did that. But that actually, because in Florida, there's not that many SAG jobs. So I joined the SAG, but then I missed out on a bunch of local productions. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many short films and web series. Uh, and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that, you know. Uh, but I continue taking the classes. Um, finally got an agent in Atlanta. Uh, Dorisia Carr with YGB. I love her. She's, it's like a family, you know. Um, and the way I got her, like, I feel like it's important for me to mention because you never know how you get an agent. And I think for actors, it's important. I was taking headshots with, um, I was also doing a little bit of modeling, uh, but it didn't work out for me. Like I'm not skinny and I'm not plus size, you know, like I'm in between. So they always had trouble booking me. Like I'm size eight. Like if you want to be plus size, you have to be like size 12, you know, like, and to be a regular model, you have to be like zero to six. So I'm like, I was in between always. So that didn't work out, but I was taking headshots for modeling with this local Miami and photographer. And he's like, do you act? I'm like, yes, I'm a SAG actress, but there's no job for me in Miami. And he's like, well, I work with um, Tal, I was agent in Atlanta and she's amazing. It's a small boutique agency, but she's very hardworking woman. I can refer her to her. To her. I'm like, yes, please. And basically he gave me her email. He mentioned my name to her and she was like at the beginning of her career too. Like now her agency is one of the top in Atlanta. I would say in Southeast in general. And she signed me. And I was like, wow, that's, but for the first year, I didn't get any, maybe a few auditions, you know? So it took for me time also to establish a relationship with the agent, to show her that I'm serious, that I'm taking classes, that I'm available, you know? Um, yeah, so you never know how you get your agent. And that's how I got the Dorisia. So yeah, so you, you showed her that you were serious, you were still taking classes. What was like the first job that she booked you on? The first one was MacGyver. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, MacGyver remake, which was last year. Yeah, it was 2019, we, we booked it, but uh, it aired 2020. And I didn't even audition for that part. That was so funny because I emailed her, I'm like, I'm taking a week off. I'm just sending her emails that uh, don't book me for that week, you know? And she calls me, she's like, Anna, you know, you're gonna kill me, but I just got your email, but I actually, I booked you on something. I'm like, what do you mean you booked me? I didn't even audition for the last month. She was like, yeah, but they need somebody urgently. And uh, the casting director already knows you from previous auditions. So like they want you next week uh, in Atlanta. I'm like, okay, I canceled my vacation uh, and I flew to Atlanta and I did my Giver, which was amazing experience. So you never know, you see for that part, I didn't even audition, it just happened. <laughs> nice, nice. So when you kind of walk me through that, that, cause that was like your first like audition or the first thing she booked you on, were you, were you nervous being on set of MacGyver? Was that like your first major TV role? Yeah, it was my first major TV role. I've done before like a web series and um, feature films, but uh, it was my first television role. Of course I was nervous. I was so freaking nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, like they, they give you this uh, breakdown, um, like the schedule, right? Mm-hmm. And the schedule is so complicated for the week. I'm like, I don't know how to read it. It's like, it's like, it's like a table with names and dates and times. So I'm like, I don't understand what's happening, you know? Yeah. But then you figure it out. Um, I was also nervous because I read the script and I realized that I have to like shoot, I have to kill, my character had to kill three people. 
and and I don't know how to shoot, you know. <laughs> and like, I don't know what to do. And I called Dorisi, and she's like, "Don't worry, I get." Um, first of all, they're gonna have somebody on stage uh, on on set, but they also. I had one day in between the sets, she's like, if you're free tomorrow, try to find, and she gave me the name of the acting studio and they were doing, they had somebody who does the gun training. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry, I know you probably don't have any time, but I just need one hour. Can I have like a private instructor for one hour to show me how to hold the gun, how to, how, you know, so it's real. Um, so yeah, they gave me, it's Nick's, Nick's Cantini acting studio in Atlanta. Uh, apparently very good one uh yeah they helped me for one hour they basically gave me the basics how to handle the gun so once i got on set i felt very comfortable you know like i'm like not very comfortable but i knew how to hold it where to put it how to pull it up how to put your fingers around the gun so for the actors if you get tactical training because uh, on set they didn't they had somebody uh on paper like okay this person gonna help you but in reality nobody teach you anything so they expect you they expect you to already come in prepared and know know how to at least hold a gun at least. At least, yes. Yeah. So get your tactical training because apparently it's very, very needed. Yeah. So so for MacGyver, um, what was the next project you booked after that? Next part, I was like, it was my such a good year, doesn't mention like a month later, I booked uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, that was from another agent in New York. Um, that was actually very funny, Jim, from Universal Attractions. You know, like, I, I believe in, like, in making wishes and dreaming big. And yeah. I wanted to have an agent in New York. And I was, like, I was looking on DB Pro. I was looking for New York agents. I would send them my submissions, you know. But I never got any phone calls or replies to my emails. And one day I get a phone call from Universal Attraction agency. And they're like, Hey, we would like to set up a phone call with our agent. Uh, I think it would be a good fit for our agency. And I just assumed this one of the agent I sent emails to. But then I looked at all my sent emails. I never sent them any emails. So they just found me somewhere. <laughs> and the name of the company, Universal Attraction Agency. You know, yeah. I'm like, that's insane. Like, um, so yeah, I had a phone call with uh, um, Jim. He's a very sweet guy. And uh, he's now in LA. They opened another branch in LA and yeah he signed me up and um, <clears throat> I don't know how he probably signed me during the summer and he got me audition on September I think yeah so it didn't take that long so he sent me audition and it's for because Brooklyn and nine shots in LA mm -hmm. it's like when you do self-tape don't say that you're in Miami just say you're in LA you know we're gonna do the white light he's like if they book you we'll figure it out we're gonna tell them but for now don't mention anything i'm like okay and there was a character russian character anna from brooklyn and i'm like oh that's just you know me i you know and i remember i did a self-tape and i exaggerated my russian accent i did it extra strong and he called me he's like listen they like you but they want to do make you do another tape and just take the accent down a little bit you know like speak like like you still have an accent, just don't exaggerate it. I'm like, all right. So I did a second tape and they booked me and I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm flying to LA. This is like amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I did that part in LA. It was so much fun. It's, I was so blessed because my driver, it's the whole team is like a family. Like you go to them and they make you feel so welcomed. It's just amazing. And the same with Brooklyn and I, like you, the second you arrive on set, it's like a big family. You know, they welcome you, they make you feel very good, very comfortable, and everybody makes sure like you're having fun. 
you know, at some point I remember some um, DA comes to me, he's like, are you having fun? I'm like, yes, I'm having so much fun. I just try not to show it, you know, I don't want to be like this bubbling yeah, girl. Like, like, Starstruck little like, like girl walking up. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> exactly he was like are you having fun i'm like i'm i'm like inside i'm ready to explode you know it's just and he started laughing and um yeah that, that's how it happened nice well i was gonna ask you a question but i beforehand i want to hear this exaggerated russian accent that you did on your audition because i'm curious to know what what was the first take um okay so let me remember the lines um oh it was um so basically my character, she lost her teeth, one of her teeth, tooth, right? Uh, and um, my husband um, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he was running around the town trying to find my tooth so she, he can find me. Mm -hmm. So basically, and eventually we meet at the bar and he is wasted. And then the camera switched to me and I sit next to him. And I, he says, and he realizes he found me and he says, oh, my toothless Cinderella. And, but before that I was saying, oh, he orders a drink. And I say, the same for me. And then he turns around and I say, but the whole, in my, so basically I said the same to me, like I exaggerated the TH sound, mm -hmm. the same to me, but the whole is in my mouth. Like I was exaggerating the TH sounds. Um, yeah, I think that was the main uh, concern, you know, they had. They're just like, okay, well that's good, but just tone it down a little bit and you're kidding, you got it. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Do you do you prefer? Because I always I always like asking actors this, especially now with like everything going on with COVID. Do you prefer self tapes versus live auditions? Which one do you like really? If you had like a preference of what to do. You know, I didn't had a live audition in a long time, so I'm so used to ready to do self tapes, and I feel like I have more time. You know, like I can uh, actually do, I, I can do a hundred takes. I hate doing it. I usually do like five, six takes because once you do too many, you just, you feel like, oh, nothing is good enough. And sure. I just I quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the wrong job. This is not for me. Uh, but yes, I like to do it on my own nowadays because I know how to put the lightning. I know how, to, where to turn my face. You know, I just feel more comfortable. But at the same time, in live auditions, I feel like it's a better chance for us, for actors, just to have a good impression because it's so difficult. How do you know the personality? Like if mm -hmm. I watch your audition, it's very difficult to know. Are you a good person or are you going to be weird on set, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, like just the vibe of the person. And I do feel like for actors, if we have an opportunity to do it in person, it's a big plus because you can win the room easily just being yourself you know you just see that you're a good person you're normal you're humble you smile you're easy to communicate with and it's already i would say not 50 but 20 30 percent of success you know of winning so yeah i would say if i would have an opportunity to do it in person i'll be grateful but i would be freaking out because i haven't done it in a long time i'll be like oh my gosh I have person <laughs> what about i i uh, i prefer the in-person audition because like you said like i think it's easier to win the room that way because yeah, I've done a lot of self-tapes and it's just always hard. Like after I like my fifth or sixth tape, I just, like you said, just get like, oh, nothing's going to be good enough. I just start to like doubt myself with, with each in each more take. Whereas in, in person, I'm already kind of on. We're like, all right, I'm about to walk in the room. Let's just, let's just go. And they'll just see my personality. And I've, and that gives me more like, it's weird, it's weird to say, but it's like I have more space to work with and like in person compared to like 
a self tape to some dude just gonna watch watch you for like ten seconds. And like, all right, let me just turn this off. You know. Yeah. But have you uh, been doing uh, in person auditions lately? Uh, I had one like a month ago, and it was so weird because it's been it's all it's obviously been so long with everything going on with the pandemic. It was just like, oh, this is weird being in like being in a room and and waiting like I don't remember doing this okay all right here we go there's like people other people around me there's other people around me we're all just sitting you know I signed in I'm like oh this is I like this I miss this it feels good right it's like old times yeah and again it's like I feel more comfortable because I can see who I'm talking to and like I can kind of build like a good relationship with the casting director or whoever or like the director's assistant whoever's is actually in the room i can kind of like start to build my relationship there whereas again like on a self-tape it's, it's hard to like okay they'll see me like oh this guy looks good but they don't know like my personality they don't know of like all right he looks good but can we work with him you know so exactly yeah i'm just when you do the slate like when you tell you say your name i'm just trying to show my personality i'm like i'm trying to smile because i usually get those like half characters you know like i'm not that like that in life i just want to show <laughs> I'm not a tough person in life. Um, yeah, but I, I hear you. Agree, hundred percent. Do you, uh, when you first started getting into like acting, were you getting, were you using stuff like Actors Access or like Casting Frontier, or was there other like casting services that you were, you were using? I, yeah, I had Actors Access for a long time, Casting Networks, Casting Frontier, and Backstage. Um, yeah, Backstage, but Backstage mostly for student films. And also um, how I got like also little parts, it's from acting studio because like actors, they would, some actors start making their own short films. Some of them start producing web series or they would work somewhere else. Like in a few parts I got just by referrals. You know, like my friend Andrew, he was part of the web series and they needed a character who looked like me. He just called me, he's like, hey, can you come in for audition? I'm like, sure. Um, and the same, like some people start shooting their own stuff and I would, so my experience basically I got from other actors, you know, like just from knowing people and networking and, and Miami it's kind of small community. Like we all, like all producers and the local directors, we like, they know each other uh, and they know actors too. So that's how I got my first experiences, I would say. When you did Brooklyn Nine-Nine, was that your first time coming out to LA? Uh, for film and TV, yeah, I've been like as a tourist, I've been in LA, but to, for work, it was my first time. Oh, okay, thanks. Love it. Uh, so you know, you've been acting, you've done, you've done the two shows. So you, how did you go from acting to starting? Because I see you do open mics now. Like, were you always wanting to be a comedian as well, too, or was there your experiences like? Because you know, obviously, Brooklyn Nine Nine is a it's a comedy. So was that kind of influencing your way? Like, oh, let me try, let me try giving comedy a hand. I mean, it did because. In Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I really enjoyed the comedy. And like one of the acting coaches in Miami, he, CJ, he always saw this comedic part of me. Like any class, he would give me like the comedy, you know, script. I'm like, I want to do drama. He's like, no, trust me on it. Like he would always give me those comedic roles and I always enjoyed it. Again, what I'm going to say is going to sound ridiculous, but <laughs> I, do, I do astrology I mean I like astrology readings and I always like every year like I do astrology reading with another astrologist I try different ones and one girl she was like yeah I see you're an actress it's very good for you you have to be on stage you have to be in front of the camera but have you thought about comedy I'm like yeah I love comedy she's like no no I'm talking about like stand-up comedy I'm like no I've never tried it it's never even crossed my mind and she's like well I think you should try it because 
some planet is in front of another planet and it's, it's, it shows a humor and stage. So basically she translated me this as a planet. And I'm like, okay, I've never done it. I've never thought about it. And um, actually I had a fear of stage, believe it or not. Not of stage, really? but the microphone. I would freak because I had like a full-time job at that time. Uh, I was working for a real estate developer and we had to do a lot of presentations for like investors from different countries. And like, I can do it in front of 10 people, but one day I had to do it like in front of 50 people in uh, Toronto, in Canada, and I just froze. Like I had a mic in front of me and I see those 50 people and I see my boss sitting at the last uh, table. And like, oh my gosh. And I just froze. It took for me like, like my voice was trembling, you know, like I was just freaking out. I was sweating. I'm like, no, no, no. And then she says about comedy being on stage. I'm like, okay, that's gonna be a good way for me to overcome the fear, you yeah. know, just to do it. And um, yeah, a week later, and I was like, kind of like thinking, what should I say? I'm like, okay, I'm gonna figure it out. And uh, I drove to next week after the astrology reading, I just went to open mic in Miami. I went to the neighborhoods that nobody knows me, to little bars that nobody knows me. I'm like, okay, if I bomb, if I fail, it, please, yeah. I, I, I will never see those people again. And I sent up open mic, it was a bar mic. I didn't know anyone, as I said, and I kind of got lucky because the guy in front of me, the comedian, he was Ukrainian and he was talking a lot about Ukraine. And so when I went, I just picked up from him, you know, like I was basically improvising. I'm like, oh, he's from Ukraine, I'm from Russia. And people like start laughing. I'm like, oh, this is easy, you know? Like I just picked up what he left there and transformed it to my own. Um, I'm like, okay, that's not difficult at all. Like why I was so nervous. The next day I went to another open mic and I bombed. Nobody laughed at my jokes and I'm like, oh, again, <laughs> I failed. And um, yeah, like in kickboxing after I bombed the second time, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take seriously now. I'm going to figure out how to write jokes. I'm going to study. I'm going to watch other comedians. Mm -hmm. And then I start taking it seriously. What, uh, what comedians did you watch after, after the, uh, the bombing? Well, I watched the most like famous Netflix famous. Um, I mean, not Netflix famous, but in general famous. I watched uh, uh, Dave Chappelle. I watched uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, you know, the, the, like you will go on Netflix, you put stand up, and there's the first ones that pop up. So those I start watching. Now I really like uh, Sarah Silverman. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of her. Like I, think I watched all of her specials. Um, yeah, I just start watching them. I'm like, okay, you have to tell the story, but find humor in those stories, you know? And um, yeah, that's how it happened. Thanks. And so since then, you know, I've been watching the comedians on Netflix, watching the specials. So like, what would you say is, like, do you still get like nervous performing in front of people? Or like, by now, do you think you have like a good like, okay, I got this. I can I can just wow this crowd. The crowd's gonna be laughing. I'm gonna, they're gonna be eating out of my, out of my hands here in a little bit. I get nervous, <laughs> not freaking out nervous, but like, I'm like, I go to the show, I'm like, oh, I got it, it's fine, I have my material, I'm confident I have my material. And then like, right before I go on, on stage, I'm like, oh, oh, it doesn't work. What, what do I do? What, what, you know, and that's a different crowd. Um, so I'm sorry, yeah, my emails, I don't know how to- Oh, no, you're, you're good, you're good. Yeah, no, I get nervous, I do, every single time. Is there like a technique you use to kind of like calm your nerves down? Like, is there like a way like, is there a way you kind of like work the crowd? Like say for instance, you see the, the crowd's kind of dying off. Do you have like a certain kind of pattern where you can just like, okay, they're, they're dying off, but I, I, got, I got a joke for them to kind of really boost their spirits back up. 
um, what I'm trying to do now, um, if I'm not going up first, if I'm somewhere in the middle, I just watch the comedian before me. Mm-hmm. And once I go, it doesn't matter if he goes, if he does bad or good, I just listen to his material. And when I go on set, I try to make a comment about his material or him, you know? So it's somehow continues, it's like continues the story, you know? It makes the audience be involved and they see that I was listening to the, to the guy or girl in front of me. And if I know I, or comedian, if we perform before, like I can say something else, you know, like we can, we all have like inside jokes and stories uh, of comedians. So I, I use that or I, um, I usually like say maybe my first joke, one liner, just to warm them up. And if I see they kind of not listening or they're tired, I start having a conversation with them. Like I start, out, yeah, I do the crowd work. Mm-hmm. I basically, which I know for, for TV, if you do like one hour special, you're not supposed to do that. But for like comedy bars and stuff like that, you have to do it to engage them. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring, you have to make them part of the story. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to pay attention. How's it been like performing in comedy bars, especially now with like everything with, with COVID? How's that, how's that been like? Well, I feel like Miami in general we're very different from the rest of the world <laughs> uh, everything open i'm like i guess now there's COVID, and like is there a lot of cases still a lot of cases <laughs> and uh i was just um west palm improv a couple of weeks ago it was sold out show like all those tables i mean they put like those plastic dividers between the tables but it's full crowd also bars are packed with people like packed and not like you have to wear a mask if you go to the bathroom but if you're sitting at the table you're not you don't have to so i do feel like miami i just been very careful mm-hmm. like you know i try to wear a mask and they sanitize the mic like after you go up you just spray the mic before the next comedian comes up um but yeah we've been a lot of comics from la moving here like because in la it's difficult to get gigs you know yeah. everything's still shut down but here in florida like everything is open yeah, I know like a couple of my friends who are who are who do stand up, they've been like struggling trying to find like they do like online stand-ups and stuff. And I think now since California's slowly started opening up, like I think they're one of my friends is like a show in San Diego next month. So it's, it's finally kind of starting to get back to being normal. But I yeah, I just feel for them if they have they they have no chance to do like live stand-up shows anymore. Like again, they do online, but I've always been wondering how like an online stand-up show would work in a sense. I've done a few shows. It's still good to keep you like, to keep you in the flow, you know, and keep your material going, but you don't get the same hype, you know? Mm-hmm. Like once you're on stage and if it works, I get high, like I get so high. I'm like, wow, it's like, it's like you get your, you know, heroin shot. I've never done yeah. heroin in my life, but so, like I would imagine it's like, you get so high. Yeah. Um, but from um, Zoom shows, I've never got it. I'm like, okay, I got some laughs. Okay, I can practice my jokes, but you never get the same because it's even if it's ten people or twenty people, if the energy is high and they're laughing, it's just it's undescribable. I, I don't think it's better feeling than that. So you also you also are teaching classes now. What's it like becoming an acting coach? Um, love it. I do now uh, in uh, private classes, but hopefully somewhere I'll start the school officially and I'll do the group, small groups, seven to nine people. Uh, love it. The reason I started doing it because um, I was taking a lot of classes everywhere, Margie Harbor in LA, um, in Atlanta, 
uh, in Miami for many years, but then I found a teacher from Russia and uh, she teaches a basic Stanislavski technique, but she also teaches how to work with voice because I don't think any schools in the uh, United States they teach that, but it's so important because uh, you basically the body follows the voice and uh, it doesn't mean you have to be a singer. It just means you have to be able to use your voice and you can, um, you can create an intimidating character just with your voice, or you can create a Disney channel, Disney princess character with your voice. And uh, I started taking her classes and she's like, I'll teach you in one condition if you continue teaching others. So I'm gonna pass out my knowledge to you, but you have to do it. I'm like, and at the beginning I have so much resistance. I'm like, who am I to teach, you know? Yeah. I'm like, like, like I always had this idea, like in order to teach you have, like I had to win Oscar before I can teach somebody else. And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I'm going to teach you very unique. Um, it's very unique. It's very, I would say it's old school, but at the same time, it's very progressive at the same time. She's like, I'm going to teach you, but you have to pass it on. And we make a deal. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Um, and now I'm teaching somebody who is, well, I have, I have an actress. I have another student. She is very successful in... Um, like spiritual developing and she does a lot of online courses we, where she teaches like a thousand of people online. And um, she's like, I just need to be able to perform, you know, it's because it is a performance when you in front of so many people um, and it's been working very well. And, but when you work with somebody who's very determined and professional and you know, because I give them tools, but what they do with that, they just, it's not like, if you start working out, you get results in one month. But if you stop after that, you know, it's, you're not gonna ha have those results anymore. So you have to continue. So the same with me, like I'm giving them the tools and then it's up to them if they use it or not. Right. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Like, again, to, especially like my philosophy of acting, like I have to keep, always keep like trying to find like new, new techniques, new classes, new, just new in general. Cause I gotta keep myself, like, like I said, like it's like working out. Like if I stop working out, I, everything I've done beforehand all goes away. It was all pointless. So like, I have to keep the momentum going. Yeah. What is your favorite technique? What is your favorite classes you ever took? So I, I take this class uh, in LA called right now called uh, LA Acting Studios. And this guy, David Roundtree, he's kind of done this thing called the Roundtree Method, which I really like because he kind of, he's gotten me the chance to like, because I've always been, my, my biggest thing was been like, doing getting stuck in like two-person dialogue not utilizing my environment enough so he's gotten me to the point where I could start now when I look at scripts like okay how can I how can I as a character make sure like I can utilize a set or what what what's the environment he has me thinking more about the character than the lines because I always mm -hmm. keep I mean it happens to everybody always mm -hmm. keep like oh I, I gotta memorize these lines I gotta memorize these lines like no I gotta memorize what the character is gonna be what's what his behavior is gonna be like because the lines will come we all we both know this like the lines will come just like people watch how characters interact with each other. That's why that's why in certain movies, it works. Like people love these Marvel movies. You know why they work, they work so well? Because it's how the characters interact with each other. Nobody, nobody's listening to what like Captain America is actually talking about. They're listening to, or they're watching how he interacts with all the other Avengers, how he interacts mm -hmm. with the villains and whatnot. So that's what's gotten me to start, like his method's gotten me to like, think more about that in a sense instead of just, oh, I just need to memorize lines. Like, no, I need to memorize, or I need to perfect what my character is going to be. Yeah, very true. Yeah. If you get the character, if you get motives, who he is as a human being, the lines will come. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. 
So let me ask you this, like, since you worked with Dusty, what's like the one life lesson he gave you that's always going to like stick with you? I think he, wow, I'm going to get very sentimental. You, you, um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think he knew that I'm going to get fired, um, but he always had my back. And um, I remember my one, my last promo I did in WWE, um, I've, I kept seeing that um, like wrestlers who used to do like those funny gimmicks, um, you know, like they would come on stage and they would dance they would get picked up and be on TV. And uh, like Tenny, uh, Emma, Tenille Dashwood, like she was doing like the dance going on, on stage uh, mm -hmm. and it was huge back then. Then it was, um, um, what's his name? George, um, um, what is his name on stage? The black African-American guy with two girls dancing. So it was like a couple of... Um, uh, uh, was it Brodus Clay? Brodus Clay, Brodus yeah. Clay, yeah. Yeah, so it was like a couple of, uh, it was like funky stuff and they would get picked up, you know? And at my last prom, I didn't know my last prom, you know? I still, I still had, I remember after the surgery and my arm is like that, right? So I'm wearing the thing uh, on my shoulder and I'm like, okay, I have to make fun of them because uh, like tough characters, they not getting picked up, but like funky characters, they get picked up. So I remember I was wearing like a black coat and I started my promo very seriously. And then I looked straight in the camera. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I'm like, okay, guys, basically, I was talking like to producers. Uh, I'm like, okay, basically, guys, tough and strong is not good enough for you. You want to see like um, something else. And I, I don't remember the words, but that basically was the idea. So, and I took off um, as a black coat and I had behind me like this belly dance outfit, you know? Uh, and I and I knew how to belly dance. I used to take a couple of classes, and my hand is still like that, you know. But I start, and then um, I get assigned to the guy behind the camera. He turned on the music, the belly dance music, and I start dancing, you know. Um, and then the producers' rooms open up, and Dusty, almost, and he's a heavy guy, right? He almost runs off. He stands in front of the camera, and he points to the camera. And he's like, "This is what I'm talking about. Look at her. This is what I'm fucking talking about." He got so mad, he goes back to the producer's rooms and he slams the door. And so basically they already knew that I'm gonna get fired. Mm -hmm. And the Dusty, I'm like, I'm ready to cry, you know? So he knew I'm getting fired and he tried to save me, you know? Yeah. Because I'm sure he got so mad at the producers, you know? She's like, you see, this girl can even dance, you know? She's not just can punch and kick asses, but, and I, I'm not good ballet dancer, but it was the okay performance, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like, "What? Are, this is what I'm talking about. Like, look at her, this is what I'm talking about. And then he just slammed the door and he walked away. Um, but actually that moment um, just taught me to stay true to myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I got it. Like, no matter where I am, no matter they fire me, okay, that's fine. I still got it. Yeah. So he just gave me this confidence just to believe in my own stuff. Like, if I want to do belly dance, I can do that. Uh, if I want to make fun of other characters, I can do, but it's not even that, that. He just gave me this confidence that I can do shit, you know? Like, if Dusty Rhodes believe in me, I believe in myself. So that's, yeah, that's a lesson I think he gave me. Nice. That's a good, that's a good lesson to have. Props, props to Dusty on that one. That's a really good lesson. Yeah. Wow. And definitely, yes, definitely stay true to yourself. Because again, 
as you've proven, you've taken you've taken some L's, but you use those L's to use that as a way to motivate you to just make make further advances, keep you going, keep you inspired. So that's that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let me ask you this: Do you have, as an actress, do you have a dream t TV role and a dream movie role that you'd want to do? Okay, uh, a dream movie role. I really want to be. Uh, the Wonder Woman. <laughs> I want to be this, I want to play this a badass, sorry, I have to connect my computer before it dies. Um, it's better days. So I want to play this badass woman, like a superhero, you know, who saves the world. And yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Or something like sci-fi. I really like sci-fi about aliens and, uh, you know, like saving the world. Very nice, very nice. Well, I mean, they do make a lot of these superhero stuff now, so I think I think you don't have a good chance of, get, of getting uh, getting a role in, in a superhero film. Actually, I'm gonna make a bold prediction right now. Uh, someone from Warner Brothers can clip this out. Wonder Woman three. Uh, I would say cast uh, Anya Zoba here, and uh, yeah, why not? Let's see what happens. Put her put her up against Gal Gadot. Let's see uh, let's see if Gal can hang with uh, Anya here. <laughs> I'm meant to that. Chris, but what what about you? What is your like dream role? Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> didn't expect that to be turned back on me. You know, honestly, like my my dream role is basically it's like it's I mean it's it's so cliche. Like being a superhero would be cool because again, like as, as a you know black uh, black American, you don't see a lot of like black superheroes. That's why that's why like when Black Panther came out, it was such a big deal. And like I wish I, when I was a kid, I had a Black Panther because. That's awesome. Like I want to be like that inspiring hero to some like little black kid out there watching. So that's that's, that's, that's like my little like pipe dream. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully one day. Black Panther two. Yes, exactly. Black Panther two, and they're also you know they're also making a Wakanda <laughs> Disney Plus show. So if anyone from Disney listening, I'm available. <laughs> and you're ready, willing, and capable. Exactly. Exactly. And also, you know, I've. Like I said, I've, I've been a wrestler before for like six months. So I can, I'm willing to be thrown around and take a whole bunch of stunts and whatnot. So yeah, sure, why not? If you do it once, your body remembers you. you can exactly, do it. exactly. Yeah, I'll fall on my back again. Like, oh, there it is. That's the old. Uh, this real time, paid very well for that. You're like, okay, I'm getting paid very well to do that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so like, what? So one last question, since like you know, to kind of tie it all back together, like. You said you come, you came here, you know, ten years ago when you were twenty-one. Happy, happy belated birthday, by the way. Uh, what would you tell your? You can go back in time. What would you? What What advice would you give your young self? Oh, it's so good. I just, I feel like you're reading my mind because I was running today on the beach. Uh, usually, where I never run, it's kind of far away from me in Miami Beach. And I remember I came to that beach when I just moved to Miami. You know, and I was su such a different person back then. Not good, but just different, you know, like immature, young, naive. But I was trying as a bitch. I'm like, wow, it's been such a long time. I'm here and like, look at my life. I'm happy with my life. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. I would just tell myself to, got a girl, just don't worry. Like, stop worrying too much. You know, don't overthink things. Just, you want to do something, do it. It's, I feel like, I was worrying too much in my life. Like I had so many anxieties, like what if it doesn't work? What if it works? Just don't think about it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's what what is in your power is to try it out. Like just go and do it. But the rest is up to the universe. 
And eventually, if you persist and then I keep trying enough, well, the stars align. Now it's you know it's it's just going to happen. I I would say myself, just trust yourself, do your thing, do what you want to do, and stop worrying. Just enjoy life, enjoy little things, enjoy the wind on your face, this delicious coffee, enjoy the good conversation. Uh, just enjoy every single moment of it because after that, that moment is gone. You cannot repeat it. Yeah. You know, you can try, but it's going to be a different moment. Just enjoy every single thing because it's gone. After a second, it's gone. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of like, that's probably what I would tell my young self, like, you know, just enjoy, enjoy the moment, enjoy, live in the, live in the joy of now, in, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, uh, so Anya, where can people find you online? Where can the people find you on the interwebs? Okay, IG, where are we friends, where we I met Chris. <laughs> I feel like I know you from Instagram. It's crazy. Like Instagram makes like all those stories. I feel like we're part of each other's lives. Yeah. I feel like I know him so well. Um, IG, I just changed my name to Anya Dash Zova. Um, Facebook, Anya Bogomazova, but I don't use it that much. So IG is my main thing. Nice. Yeah, definitely check check you on IG. You get like again. My prediction is going to happen because well, it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. Uh, it's going to happen. You guys will be seeing her Wonder Woman 3 or any kind of like superhero show. Definitely going to be checking out Anya Zova. So, yeah, remember the name, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. And I'm into all your predictions. And I'm into my prediction about you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, again, thank you. Thanks for coming on my show. Again, happy belated birthday. May, May, 30, May year 31 bring you all the blessing in the world. Thank you. And I wish you all, all the blessings and success in the world. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Anya, and we I will talk to you soon. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at the Chris Lemchi and on Instagram at the Chris Crusade. And until next time, guys, peace out. <laughs>